Hey gang, Rick Lee James here welcoming you back to another episode of Voices in My Head. I want you to know that I appreciate all of you who listen to this show week after week and all the new listeners that you bring along with you. Podcasts like this don't grow without word of mouth and I want to say thanks. Every time you share one of my links on Facebook, every time you leave a positive iTunes review, every time you like one of my YouTube videos, and every time you refer someone to my website at rickleejames.com, it helps this podcast to grow. And I really appreciate those of you who have spent some of your hard-earned money to help cover expenses for this podcast. To all of you, let me say thanks. I've got the best listeners of any podcast on the internet. And if you've been wondering how you can help, well, there's multiple ways. You can go to rickleejames.com. You can click on the tab that says Tip Jar and Sponsorship. And if you have a couple dollars, swing it our way. There's no minimum to give, and every penny helps to cover expenses. Or if you can't afford any money, maybe you can afford 60 seconds of your time. You can drop by the iTunes page and leave a review or click like on the Voices in My Head Facebook page and become a part of our community there. Again, I just want to say thank you. And thank you to all of you who in the future are going to be helping out with this show. And thank you for listening. It's a real blessing for me to get to share on the Voices in My Head podcast. If you've enjoyed the guests we've had in the past, well, just hold on because you haven't seen anything yet. We've got some great shows in the future. God bless you and enjoy today's episode of Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. God bless. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. I am Rick Lee James and you're listening to Voices in My Head. Welcome back, listeners. I am so glad to have you here for episode number 37. I can't believe I'm already 37 episodes into this podcast, but here we are once again, and voices in my head. Today, my guest is Eddie Kirkland. We had a great interview a couple weeks ago, and um, man, I just feel like after a few minutes talking with him that uh, he's become a friend and uh, such a super talented guy, such a great worship leader, and his new album, Kings and Queens, I cannot say enough about it. And I was surprised this week because uh, in the mail, I went to the mailbox, uh, that's where I get my mail, and I opened up this package that came from Worship Leader Magazine, and I had just done the interview with Eddie maybe, I don't know, a week prior to this, a week and a half, and I was kind of thumbing through Worship Leader Magazine like I do whenever I get it. It's a great magazine, and uh, I was happy to be featured in it last month myself. Opened it up, and uh, almost the first page I turned to, a huge, big page with Eddie Kirkland on it, and uh, just large as life, standing there kind of smiling at you, and there's a big review of his Kings and Queens album which I'm going to play some uh, some songs from that today for you to hear because you guys really need to pick this up. And I knew it was great, and uh, i, I got to say, I think I scooped Worship Leader, if that's possible, because I had uh, the Eddie Kirkland interview already recorded when I read this article. Of course, I'm sure they already had this written, too, before I had the interview recorded. But I said it was one of my favorites to come out, and realized that um, I'm, I'm fresh off of Andrew Osanga's new album, I'm fresh off of uh, Andrew Peterson's new album, Light for the Lost Boy, and um, Andrew Osanga's new album, Leonard, The Lonely Astronaut, both great new albums to release in September 
And uh, this one of all those is probably my favorite, though. Eddie Kirkland, Kings and Queens. And uh, I was happy to see that when I went to the review page and looked, they give five-star reviews and, you know, however many stars out of that. Um, sometimes they're pretty hard to get good reviews. And his album got four and a half out of five stars from Worship Leader Magazine. And that's quite an accomplishment. Um, so, Eddie, congratulations on that. Thanks for being on the podcast today. And in a few minutes, you guys are going to get to hear the conversation that Eddie and I had about his music. Such a genuine, nice guy. Let me read just a little bit. Uh, it's actually the last paragraph of the review of Eddie Kirkland's album because they sum it up much better than I could. Kings and Queens is filled with gut-wrenching poetry and subtle musical acumen, and it all seems to truly flow from both artistry and ministry, and a devastating vulnerability. Honest, artful, and missional, this offering is a prayer and a commission to worship with song and life. And what better thing could you say about Eddie Kirkland's new album? Uh, I, I think it's very true. It is gut-wrenching. It is beautiful. It is a prayer. Um, some of the songs I actually find myself just praying along to. They're they're just that good, and, and they're that honest and truthful. And, uh, I mean, Nathan Knuckles is doing some great producing, and he did another great job with this album. So I'm looking forward to sharing this interview with you. Before I do, uh, I want to share what happened in my life, because this was a, a big week last week for me. If you heard last week's show, it was uh, the WEEC radio show um, that I was able to play. The week before that was Paul Darshalek from Living Water International, and I actually put out two podcasts that week, and I wanted to put out the WEEC radio interview I did um, last week and, and leave it out just uh, as a promotion for my concert last week, which was a live album recording for Basement Psalms, and um, it went very well. Many of you came out for the event. Um, we closed off the balcony because of cameras, but we almost filled up the ground floor of the theater, and I, I was so thrilled about the turnout. I just couldn't believe that many people came, so um, I'm very grateful. Some of you came from many hours away, and I appreciate that so much, uh, that you would come and be a part of this, uh, my very first live album. It was stressful. Let me tell you, the two weeks leading up to this album recording, um, I had so many problems because, as you know and as you will know when you hear the album, um, I use a loop machine called an RC320. The thing is great. Um, it really is wonderful for learning how to loop, but you have to be so precise and there's, you know, you have to get things exactly right when you're recording them. Um, and what happens in essence is you're recording a part and then playing back over that part and adding another part to it and uh, whether I sing a part or a harmony or, or something like that into my guitar, it'll record on there. Well, I had so many problems just practicing, getting ready for it. Um, my Fishman SA220, which has been a good amp for me through the years, went out and I had nothing to practice on the week prior um, to the concert, and I was already stressed out. And it just seemed like one thing after another was going wrong, and I kept telling people, well, in my experience, that means it's going to be a really good concert, I guess. So I don't get nervous very often. If I do, it's usually a good kind of nervous before a concert, and I've done enough of them now that uh, I, I feel pretty comfortable on the stage. But everybody that, that knows me will tell you I was nervous. Uh, I was panicked. I I after six months of like searching, I couldn't find a camera crew, um, at least not a camera crew I could afford. They were wanting so many thousands of dollars to come out and record the evening. 
And let, let's face it, I'll be lucky if, if the album, at least initially, you know, if, if I make a few hundred, and I'm, I'm probably going to even need to do a Kickstarter campaign just to launch it. Um, but things came together in incredible ways. Um, I had a couple photographers that donated their time, came out and took some pictures for the event. Um, I want to say thank you to them, uh, some friends of my wife that did that. Um, the day of, after... I mean, I couldn't even find people to just hold a flip cam. That was how much problem I was having because I really wanted to release a DVD, but I thought there's just no way it's going to happen. I, I can't seem to get this to come together. After months of trying, well, not only uh, are we going to be able to make a DVD, Media Explosion out of Dayton came in the morning of and uh, of the event and uh, did a five-camera shoot. They agreed to come in and, and do this event. It was just amazing uh, that they were able to work this out, um, and I just can't thank them enough. Rick and, and all the people at Media Explosion, you did an amazing uh, job. I, I can't wait to see the footage, but I, I, I just am stunned at what uh, uh, what God brought together for that evening. A five-camera shoot. John Finney and Out of Truth Records recorded the whole event, um, which could have been a disaster if we hadn't had somebody really good that knew what they were doing on the recording, the engineering side. Uh, John has listened to the complete concert and uh, and told me it sounds really good, and I'm looking forward to going over and hearing it myself. I've kind of backed away a little bit. Came out on the stage that night. This is like the behind-the-scenes you don't know about um it's it's hectic getting ready for that and especially when you're not only the artist uh, you know singing performing uh, doing all of that but you're also kind of emceeing the evening and running everything uh just very difficult and um i came out and was so nervous about the first song i thought okay we got to get through this first song because uh, there's a lot of complicated stuff that i record on the loop in there um, and I thought, you know, no overdubs, really, it's either you got to do it all at once or you got to start it all over again. And when you're in a live setting, you don't want to do that. Well, first song, I came out after my good friend Brandon Hancock, a uh, friend of the show, came out and did a little opening set. We got the microphones tested for the audience. The song was going well. I reached over to hit part something on my pedal ended up erasing everything on the first track that i had recorded <laughs> and so i stopped and said okay i'm sorry we're gonna have to start that over again so from the very first song i made a mistake we had to uh, scrap that start all over again uh let me tell you it didn't it didn't squelch the crowd's enthusiasm they were uh, just as happy to hear it all over again i think or at least they seemed like they were because the applause just got bigger and and uh, i could just feel just a real warmth from people i think that was the only uh mistake that night except for maybe one at the end uh, but you know it'll all be edited whenever you hear it together if i made a mistake i started over but i think that was the only song that i had to just scrap and say whoops uh messed it up totally rest of the night went smooth. I really felt like we worshipped. I felt like it was such a great evening. Such stress uh, off of my shoulders. And um, I, I'm so glad. I, I just am uh, unbelievably grateful to everybody. I'm hoping towards the beginning of the new year, um, maybe even at the end of this old one, uh, I'll be able to release the DVD and the audio CD as well as digital downloads of Basement Psalms. 
my first live album, all new songs. You can't get these tracks anywhere else. Uh, they're brand new, being introduced for the first time there. And um, just you know, maybe even at my uh, my New Year's Eve concert this year here in Springfield, which is another event you want to plan for. It's five dollars in advance, ten dollars at the door, so you want to buy your tickets in advance. But uh, I digress. I, I'm just so grateful to everybody for coming out and being a part of that concert. I know I've been talking for like 12 minutes now, but it was a, a wonderful, special evening for me. I want to thank um, the choir from Emmanuel Christian School for coming out being a part of the audience and singing. I want to uh, thank the Clifton Opera House and Brenda, the manager there, for allowing me to come in um, to your venue and uh, to be able to, to take over the venue and record a live DVD uh, album. Just uh, I cannot thank people enough. And uh, yeah, it was nice. My family, I, I had uh, my parents came in. They drove about you know, something like three hours in with my sister. And um, I had other family members come from from uh, other parts of Indiana, um, like over three hours away for them too. And then there was uh, people who weren't family that came that showed up from all over the place. And I, I'm just stunned. I'm, I'm in awe of God's goodness. And that same week, we found out we were having a little boy. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, I mean, you knew we were having a baby already, but we didn't know the sex and our little boy. His name is Alexander Grayson James, and uh, so everything seems to be going great. We've been watching the Ultrasound DVD again and again, just looking at our little guy. Um, I've even bought him his first Batman toy, so uh, everything is right in the world. But uh, God is good. I, his people are wonderful. I want to thank you so much for coming out and being a part of uh, of Basement Psalms Live. All right. Well, I'll stop babbling about that. Be looking for more information on that in the future at rickleyjames.com uh, or just go to voicesinmyheadpodcast.com. And uh, I'll do my best as I have uh, new information about the DVD uh, I will get it out to you. I am anxious as can be to hear the audio, to see the video, and see it all together. Uh, thanks again to Media Explosion and to Out of Truth Records for being a part of this event. Uh, really amazing time together. Well, let's move on uh, to another part of the show that maybe you'll be uh, even more interested in because you, the listeners, were a part of this. It is the Question of the Week. Question of the Week. Well, question of the week can be answered at several different places. You can go to rickleyjames.com and go to question of the week, the tab there, and you can answer the question of the week each week there. Or you can go to Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James podcast Facebook page. Uh, click like on that, and then you can go down and be a part of our group and answer questions. Um, you can also answer uh, by calling a number at 937 505 0162. That's 937 505 0162. You can leave an audio message, and if you leave one of those, if, as long as it's appropriate, we will play it on the program. Uh, remember that this is a family show, so watch your mouth. Uh, but the question of the week um, oh, one other place you can also answer it on our Twitter feed, which if you haven't followed that yet, go ahead and follow it. It's Voices in My Head P. The P stands for podcast. So when you're on Twitter, Voices in My Head P. Weekly, I put the question of the week on there. And because Eddie Kirkland is my guest this week and his new album is Kings and Queens, the question of the week I was extremely proud of said, if you had the option of being a king or going on tour with Queen, which would you do 
and why. And John Finney, out of Truth Records, past guest on the show, said, Obviously, be a king, because then I could pay Queen to play for me. Or they could be honored by my presence if I decided to tour with them. And good answer, John. I appreciate that. That was maybe the perfect answer. Tony James says, I'd want to be a king, and then in parentheses, or rather a queen in my case. I have no desire whatsoever to go on tour with Queen. I do like some of their music. I mean, really, who doesn't like We Are the Champions, but not enough to want to go on tour with them. Randy Lee James, my father, says, I guess I'd have to answer the question with a question. Queen who? Matthew Cole, who has never missed a question of the week. To my knowledge, and I point that out every week, he says, I would prefer to tour. Don't want the responsibility of being king, and I love to travel. And I believe Matt's traveling this week again. And Kyle Northrup answered. It's been a while since we heard from Kyle. Good to hear from you. He says, tour with Queen, especially around the time of Live Aid or during the making of and tour supporting a night at the opera. Uh, Those are the best. So uh, great answers, everybody. Thanks for answering question of the week this week. Next week's question of the week, which you can answer in all those places I mentioned before, is inspired because Clint Eastwood uh, was in public in a big way a couple weeks ago uh, with the Republican National Convention, and some people thought he did great. Some people thought he was just an old man rambling. Some people thought he was drunk. Uh, But he also has a new movie coming out. Um, I forget the name of it, but I'm excited about it, and I like Clint Eastwood's movie. So question of the week this week is, what is your favorite Clint Eastwood film? Uh, if you have a favorite film, I suppose you could even put TV shows in there like Rawhide and stuff like that. But uh, what is your favorite Clint Eastwood film? Is it Million Dollar Baby? Is it uh, Grand Torino? Is it Flags of Our Fathers? Letters from Iwo Jima? Uh, is it one of his older films? But uh, Jeff Pinkleton is my guest on the podcast that week, and he had a, a pretty good answer for us that week. So if you haven't seen many of Clint Eastwood's film, I guess you won't be uh, answering this next week. Uh, but if you want to see, man, a guy that uh, has really hit his stride late in life as far as in filmmaking and even statements about uh, humanity, God, faith, um, violence. Uh, I just he's saying some some great things, and I I feel like his films anymore. Uh, one reason I ask this question is I really feel like his films are coming from the perspective of an old man who has some important things to say, and these are maybe the last things that he's going to get to say. I mean, who knows how long he's going to live? He's definitely coming to grips with his mortality. You can see it in his films as time goes on, and. You know, like people like Paul Simon or different ones who are artists, you know, that it seems to come out as they become more seasoned artists and get into their later years that um, they're starting to actually reflect upon the life that they've lived, the good, the bad, and the ugly, if we're going to, you know, use a Clint Eastwood film as something. But um, the honesty that begins to come through is is really tremendous. So uh, what is your favorite Clint Eastwood movie? That's question of the week for next week. Thanks for being a part of this. And uh, listeners, question of the week would be nothing without you, literally, because there'd be nobody to answer it. So if you haven't answered question of the week before, make sure and do that. I love to add new listeners. And please use the uh, use the podcast phone line. Uh, we have had very few answers on that uh, over this past, uh, well, coming up on a year that we've had the podcast. But I'd love to get more audio interaction. I love to play your MP3s, and you can actually be on the show. So feel free to call in to the podcast line. Once again, that number is 937 505 
888-346-0162. Well, let's go on to another part of the show. What do you say? Thanks for playing. Well, Eddie Kirkland, my guest today, is that unique blend of a talented studio musician, a great stage performer, but he's also a worship leader, and he works at a church. Uh, he works with Annie Stanley, which many of you are going to know is a uh, you know very popular minister. You can go in just about any bookstore and find tons of books by Annie Stanley. He has a podcast. You can hear him on radio stations. I think he's even broadcast over television station. Uh, Andy is the son of Charles Stanley, and all that is to say that uh, for Andy to put confidence like this in Eddie Kirkland uh, says a lot about Eddie and his ministry. Uh, Eddie has some neat things to say, not only about just music itself, but also serving in a local church context. Um, He's a unique artist in that he's working with uh, really some of the top people in the business today, which a lot of worship leaders can't say they get to do. Uh, Nathan Knuckles, who formerly of the group Watermark, uh, one of the greatest producers in Christian music today, uh, is the producer of Eddie's new album, Kings and Queens. Um, you might know um, some of Nathan Knuckles' other productions. Um, he's worked with just about every top name uh, that's in Christian music today that I can think of. Um so you already have that confidence from a pr- producer that really believes in someone like Eddie. Uh, you have people like Laura Story who duet with Eddie on this album. And uh, it just shows me that not only is there a lot of confidence in the artist Eddie Kirkland, but as I got to know him over the podcast, uh, I have a lot of confidence in the person, Eddie Kirkland. And I have, I guess, mostly confidence in the Savior that he serves and the Savior that has changed him and his life. Uh, After just a few minutes of sitting with Eddie for this interview, I sincerely felt like we were friends. And that has to be just a credit to Eddie because uh, of the kind of personality that he has. You'll find that he is extremely humble. Um, although he is extremely talented, um, you wouldn't know it from just talking to him because he's not bragging about it in any way. Um, you'll get to hear his music. I'm going to play some of it for you today. We're going to start in just a moment with his first single off the new album, Kings and Queens, the song, The Solution. But let me just say that, uh, Eddie is a, a very talented guy. He's a very unique spirit who I believe has a real heart for the Lord. And I think that you're going to enjoy all that he has to say. If you haven't read this month's uh, issue of Worship Leader Magazine, it's the September 2012 issue, uh, go and check it out. They have a a great review of albums uh, of Eddie's new album there. And uh, I think you're going to want to buy it for yourself. So go to eddiekirklandwrites.com. That's his website. Or you can go to iTunes. You can go to Amazon. Anywhere that... Music is sold, and uh, I strongly encourage you to buy Kings and Queens uh, because this really is a great album, and uh, I really feel like it's showing not only just a showcase of wonderful, beautiful music, but I believe it's giving us a glimpse of the kingdom of God here on earth and what it's supposed to be. So we're going to go ahead right now, and I'm going to play his uh, first single off the new album, The Solution, uh, and then it's going to be followed by my interview with Eddie Kirkland cannot be happier to be presenting this to you today and uh, I really really hope that you'll support him go to Facebook go to iTunes leave reviews Um, you know let's just really tout him up as an artist uh, because we need music like this out there 
It's not your average, everyday sort of worship album. It's got a lot of depth to it. All right, here it is, Eddie Kirkland. In the middle of the mess, in the center of the storm, I am right where I belong here. Where the shadow people walk and the light is all but gone, I am right where I belong here. This world is broken, but He is a healer, and this world will come to life again. Today is a singer, songwriter, and worship leader from Atlanta, Georgia. He serves as the music director for North Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. 
He's also the father to a little boy named Jude, a baby girl named Emmeline, and husband to his high school sweetheart, Danielle. His new album, Kings and Queens, released on August 14th and is getting some great reviews. It is my pleasure to welcome to Voices in My Head, Eddie Kirkland. Eddie, thank you for being here today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's really a pleasure to be with you guys. Well, thanks. Um, now, every week, and, and if you're new to the show, I'm sure you don't know this, and I only told you just seconds ago, but we always do a segment called Question of the Week <laughs> on the show. And listeners, if you're new to Question of the Week, you can either go to our Facebook page or you can go to VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com or you can call the number at 937-505-0162 and answer this question and we will read it on the air or if you leave an audio, we'll play it. But my question for you this week, because uh, listeners, Eddie's new album is called Kings and Queens. It's a really great album and we're going to be talking about it some today. But my question for you has to do with that title. It's kind of a play on words with that. So you ready? Okay, I'm ready. I'm a little scared, but I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Question was, if you had the option of being a king or going on tour with queen, which would you do and why? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, I would, you know, honestly... I would go on tour with Queen, uh, and that's obviously the musician response. But uh, right. <laughs> I, first of all, if I went on tour with Queen, it would mean that I had enough talent to go on tour with Queen, which I currently don't have. So <laughs> something would have to happen to get me to that place, and that would be pretty cool. Uh, secondly, I, Freddie Mercury has always been uh, somewhat of an idol for me, just musically. I mean, I just think... I imagine all the time what would what would music be like if Freddie Mercury was still around? Like what if he what kind of music would he be making today yeah. if he was still here? It'd probably be pretty pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um and then, you know, with all the Prince Harry stuff that's in the news, I don't really want to deal with any of that stuff. So <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay out of the stay out of royalty for the time being. Yeah, I, I've never you know, I was actually hoping you would say go on tour with Queen because I've always thought, you know, it might be kind of cool to be a king, but, you know, I I kind of like going to the bathroom by myself without help, you know, and stuff. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of nice. And the the last thing that I need is people walking around waiting on me hand and feet. That's that's not going to do good things for me. Exactly, and that's really one thing I love about this new album and and uh, the title song, King and Queens, really uh, shows how the kingdom of God works on such a different level than what we understand with royalty. So. Um, in my opinion, you answered perfectly today. And who wouldn't want to go? <laughs> who wouldn't want to go on tour with Queen anyway? You know, I mean, just, seriously, just to see what that's like and and amazing stuff. And I would have to disagree. I think you fully would have the talent to be on there. Yeah. You, you do a great job. Well, so. thank you. You're you're being too kind, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, that's kind of a, a silly way to start the podcast, but uh, a good way to, to maybe segue into Kings and Queens, which is a wonderful new CD. If if listeners, if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, I strongly encourage you. Um, there's actually, I believe, a site offering a free download of one of the tracks this week, and I can't remember the name of the site right now. Um, do you happen to know off the top of your head, Eddie? Um, um, if everybody, if you just go to, um, I think it's eddiekirklandmusic.com. Right, okay. Um, and it's Eddie with an I-E, E-D-D-I-E, kirklandmusic.com. Okay. Uh, don't go to eddiekirkland.com. That's a very different guy. That's the uh, uh, blues musician, probably. It is. It's funny. I was thinking as I was talking to you that you and I both share that in common. That I was 
I was easily gonna... confused for <laughs> iconic music figures. That's right. I was going to say, um, I was going to share that same thing, that we both have the same affliction with uh, other people with the same name. So, uh, yes. And that's actually yes. why I use my middle name, Lee, because um, I, I used to actually just go by Rick James. And when Dave Chappelle's episode about Rick James came oh, out, gosh. it was like overnight. Um, I, yeah, I had, came over. I hadn't even seen the the, uh, the skit on TV or anything, and all of a sudden people were like, Rick James, and just laughing everywhere I went. And uh, the funny thing was, I, I live like 15 minutes from Dave Chappelle, and I got to talk to him about the pain he caused me with his skits. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. And he was really funny about it, and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. You know, so it was, it That's was, funny. Uh, well, my, my middle name is actually Edward, so I don't really, I don't, unfortunately, I can't. I can't use my middle name because I'm already using it. Well, so. and, you know, that goes back to the whole King thing, you know. You'd be King Edward, and that sounds really Yeah, funny. exactly, exactly. <laughs> my parents named me William Edward, so I don't know what they were trying to do, but whatever they did, it didn't work. <laughs> so. Well, let's talk a little bit about your album, King Kings and Queens. I, every review I've read has been very positive about this, and I, I personally think that, that the music on this is on par with uh, with anything I've heard from, you know, some of the huge name artists, like I think of Chris Tomlin and different ones. And one thing that it has in common with those um, is there's a real singability and there's a, a real uh, remembrance to the melody lines that go on. But I think, you know, honestly, I think there's a, a little bit more depth in some of your lyrics that reminds me almost of a, of an Andrew Peterson. Uh, you know, whenever I hear, and I, I just came back from Nashville, and I, I spent a couple days with uh, a couple uh, really neat guys, Andrew Osinga one day, and Andrew Peterson the next day, and um, wow. it was just, you know, I, I was thinking, I, I'm listening to all this great music, and then at the same time, I'm listening to Andrew Peterson's new album, which just released, um, I was listening to yours for the first time as well, too, your new one, and I thought, boy, this is this is just great to listen to back to back, really good stuff. That's cool. Man, thank you so much for saying that. That's that means a lot to me. Andrew Peterson is actually somebody that I I really listen to his music a lot. Kind of during the the years when I was starting to try and figure out who I was as a songwriter, and uh, I would still say to this day the best concert I've ever been to was his Christmas show. I went to it at a tiny little church in Jacksonville, Florida, with no production and nothing crazy, but it blew me away. So yeah. to be uh, even in the even in the same neighborhood, uh, thank you very much. That, oh, that means a lot to me. Definitely, it's it's really really good stuff. Now I I want to say your song is actually the the first one on the track I heard for the first time at the Song Discovery Creative Conference this year, which okay, is actually yeah. that was the first time I've ever heard you live, and I love yeah. that setting because it's. Um, I always say it feels a little bit like a coffee house setting because you don't. Sure. Uh, most people don't come in with like huge bands or anything. It's almost a, a very pared down, uh, minimalist type thing. And that's one of my favorite things is when artists can just come in and and kind of get away from the big lights and get away from everything, all the trappings that sometimes go with it, and we can just let the song speak. And when yeah. I heard here and now for the first time. Um, I mean, I think my reaction was the same as Israel Houghton was that day when he said, "Man, <laughs> did you write that?" And he go, "Yeah." And he's, "That's a good song, you know." <laughs> That's so cool. That was that was pretty awesome. Israel yeah. was extremely kind. 
Well, we started doing that recently at at the church that I attend, and when I'm not traveling doing music myself, um, I, I lead music at my church, and it came at such a timely moment, because here and now, the line that always stands out to me, all are welcome here as we are, and um, it, it just came so timely, because not only did we have in the media um, Christians were kind of getting a bad name, rightly or wrongly, because of the Chick-fil-A stuff that was going on and this whole idea of, of well, you're you're not welcoming us or whatever. And then um, also it's around the same time as when the shootings were happening in the movie theater. And I think mm. our, our country and our communities have kind of – we're starting to put up these walls in some ways because, oh, we don't want to get shot or we don't want to get wherever. And, I, I, you know, I, I think that – that this song, and I'm going to let you talk about it here, uh, I think this song helps us to open ourselves up more and be reminded this is the house of God, it's the kingdom of God, and all are welcome here in this place. So would you talk to us a little bit about the writing of that song? Well, it's pretty, it's really cool that you picked up on all that stuff because it's really, that was my heart in writing it. Um, I I remember I was standing in the back of our auditorium. Uh, I lead worship at a church here in Atlanta. And um, we really, uh, a big, you know, the, the reason that our church exists is to be a church that unchurched people like to attend. And so we work really hard to try and keep keep barriers low and uh, make the first rung on the ladder really easy to grab onto for people. Um, and so our pastor was doing a, a message series about the church and what the purpose of the church was and, what the purpose of our church specifically was. And I remember in the middle of, of his sermon hearing just kind of these words popping in my head um, for this, this first verse of this song, just saying, this is what we want to be. We want to be a church where freedom reigns and where there's grace and mercy. And uh, so I ran backstage and grabbed a guitar and found a little quiet note and started trying to kind of write some of this stuff. And I wrote the verses. It wasn't until... Uh, I started really digging into um, reading some some stuff by N.T. Wright that has really kind of reshaped my my thinking and my theology that I felt like stuff kind of came together for the first time. And um, that's when the chorus really uh, became what it is. And the whole meaning behind it is that, you know, we're, we are, I mean, what you described is the problem. Isn't it? it's, we're, we're living in a world where it doesn't seem like Christ is king. I mean, when you look around and you see what's going on, it, it just doesn't, there's no, hardly any evidence of that some days. But our role as the church is to trumpet the message that Christ really is king. And the best way that we can do that is by wherever we are, wherever we gather as the church, by making that, making the kingdom of God happen where we are. And the Spirit allows us to do that and actually brings pieces of heaven, brings pieces of this new creation to life here on the earth. And so you're right. Like in, in culture, things are shutting down and becoming more exclusive and more fearful and more um, just closed off from the rest of society and specifically from people who are different than us. Everybody just seems to be showing a lot of fear against people who are different than us. And you know, as we head in the political campaign season, I think we're going to figure that out more and more. Oh, yeah. The church, you know, as a representative of the kingdom of God, should be the opposite, and it should be an open door. It should be a welcoming place, especially for people who are different than us. Hmm. And uh, hopefully, my hope is that a song like that would remind people that 
that's that's who we are and that's what we're about. And the other reason that I really wanted to write the song is so that, you know, let's say a person walks into church that is, you know, far from God and doesn't really have much understanding of the gospel. My hope would be that even if they're not worshiping along with us, if they're just reading the lyrics of the song, they would go, oh, okay, like, I, I'm i okay here. Like, I, I belong, you know, I can I can stand here and not, not feel ashamed. I can not feel judged. And so hopefully it's an encouragement to the believers in the church to, you know, bring new creation to life in our midst. And then for the people that aren't believers, it's it's a, you know, a permission not to sin, obviously, but it's a permission to just stand in the presence of, of what's going on and say, you know what, I don't know much about what's happening here, but I know that I'm welcome and I know that these people love me. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that's what it does in churches. That's my hope. Mm. And again, I, I think it does because my my first time hearing that, honestly, it was it was the end of that song discovery conference. And after a couple of days, you know, going place to place and and a lot of driving to get there in the first place, you're I was kind right. of tired and worn down. And uh, those lyrics were just a breath of fresh air for me. And I I just I really honestly felt like the whole conference was worth it um, to take that cool. song back home to to my that's family. awesome. So I, I just want to thank you for writing that because I think it's one of those moments that, you know, again, I it might be one of those times where I often say about songs that I've written, uh, I don't I don't feel like I want to take credit because I feel like God drops it down to me sometimes, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, but yeah absolutely. Uh, it really does seem like one of those messages straight from God to his people, you know, for his people, cool. by his people, everything. So That's awesome. Um, it, it's well, thank really you for saying that. Oh, definitely. Um, some of the the songs on this uh, album are are just they're just breathtakingly beautiful, but they don't all fit into the category of uh, what a lot of people would call like worship songs that that would be maybe congregational in the sense that we would all yeah, sing along yeah. with them. Uh, although there are some very singable songs with a congregation on there, but my personal favorite, and then I'm going to let you talk about some of yours, uh, and I know that's like asking you to. Um, to pick your favorite child, you know, when you talk about songs <laughs> you've written, but um, but my personal favorite, at least at this moment, and that may change as weeks go on, but Kings and Queens, the title track, uh, just brought tears to my eyes the first time I heard it. Talking about this upside down kingdom and and uh, what it really means to live out the kingdom of God, uh, could you talk to us a little bit about that song and, and where that came from? Sure. That it's it's kind of funny you mentioned that song because I um, it was a struggle for me in in writing songs for this collection this project. Um, I kept trying to write the worship record that I think everybody expected me to write, mm-hmm. um, and I kept trying to just crank out you know worship songs that were specifically congregational and for the church and really for our church here locally. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some of them that would that would work out, but then the more that I started writing, the more the worse the songs got. I mean, they just they were okay, and there were you know there were some okay songs, but there wasn't anything that really had any life in it. And I was kind of beating my head against the wall for a couple of months. And finally, my wife, who is the greatest source of wisdom in my world, hmm. um, she just it really encouraged me. She was like, "You need to stop doing that. You just need to write what." is happening in your heart and write what, what the Lord's telling you. And so 
that song, Kings and Queens, was the first thing to come out of that process. And um, I didn't expect it to come out. It was kind of um, surprising. But mm. it it was birthed from um, a really, really difficult last two years of my life. Mm. And um, it was kind of, uh, you know, we've just, we've seen a lot of really, a lot of really great things, like my kids were born and I became a father, which is amazing. But then at the same time, um, our best friends, their marriage fell apart, and mm-hmm. uh, it just, it really rocked our world. Wow. And in the middle of all that stuff, I was just thinking and praying and reading a lot, and um, I was, I thought about um, the Beatitudes and the things that Jesus says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the humble, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And it just started making me think about the fact that if we could see for a second what the kingdom of God really looks like, you know, like if we could see from his perspective um, what it really looks like, then value just gets turned completely on his head. And the heroes that we lift up in Christian world, um, and I do it, everybody does it, it's hard not to, but these heroes that we champion and lift up on our own shoulders, they may not necessarily be the people at the top of the ladder. You know, I mean, it's it's what Christ said about the first will be last and the last will be first. And um, I just really, I wanted to write a song that reflected that and reflected that not only, you know, are the last and least of these the, the hungry and the needy in third world countries and impoverished places, but they're also the single mom that's struggling to find a job mm. and that is in the midst of that stuff is learning humility and self-sacrifice and these incredible character traits and virtues that you don't learn unless you're in, you know, incredible times of just being in the pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was that was kind of what it was about. And I think in the end, the reason why I named the record Kings and Queens was because it sounds kind of cool and different, obviously, but... Yeah. It's also a reminder to me that, you know, if I sell, a, you know, 10,000 records and people say, oh, it's so great, it really does not increase my standing in the kingdom of God at all. True. And to be honest, it means that I've got to work harder to make sure that the Spirit is developing character in me um, of humility and sacrifice and service to others and that I don't get carried away by, you know, the approval of other people in an earthly way. So it's just, it's a reminder, hopefully to people who listen to it, that the kingdom of God is really upside down. But more than anything, it's a reminder to me that as I'm, you know, talking to you and, you know, trying to spread the word and let people know about this record, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You know, at the end of the day, it matters how I treat my kids Mm. and how I love my wife. And, um, the things that those people say, the, the character that they see in my heart, that's the thing that really matters. Yeah. My uh, my friend Brian Zahn uh, w- mentioned in a sermon, uh, he said, you know, really when we think about the kingdom of God, we could interchange the word the politics of God. Uh, because mm. because really, and he was just trying to bring out, and I think it's very appropriate in this crazy political season that we're in right now, you know, right. God, God's politics don't even come close to even touching anything that we have an example of in society today. And totally. your your song just, uh, I think, explains so clearly. And I I think this is where it reminds me a little bit of something like an Andrew Peterson song in the storytelling aspect, because you so clearly illustrate 
um, in in the words of this song, what the kingdom of God actually looks like for the least to be the great and the weak to be strong. And I think we always hear those phrases, but we don't always get like concrete examples. And I love that about your song, like the verse that does mention the single mother and and uh, just just the way that the song goes. And so I, I think it reminds us again of this whole idea of th- this world is a different place. And, and I get really sick of all the uh, campaigning and everything that goes on, and I'm just reminded... Sure. I'm saying, Lord, just remind me again. This is not this is not your way in the world. You have something yeah. completely other, and um, so that's powerful yeah. stuff to think about. And and, that's awesome. think, and I, I don't know what it is. I, I was talking with a friend of mine a couple days ago, and and we were saying, why is it that we have to go through these painful places? Uh, to become the most creative, and I don't. <laughs> I mm. wonder. I wonder if you have any thoughts on that, because again, you've this something is birthed out. I feel like for almost almost all of us come and and write some of our best stuff when we come through these painful places. Do you have any thoughts into that? Well, I think. I mean, gosh. I mean, who knows? In in one sense, who knows? It, it does kind of feel like it's the. It's kind of the order of the way that God designed things, which is kind of interesting. But um, I do feel like, you know, the most impactful things in music are going to be true. They're going to come from truthful places. Hmm. And the problem that I keep finding is that if I'm not willing to go through the painful process of spiritual formation in my life, and I'm not willing to open my box and let people look inside of it and help me dig through the stuff that I don't want people to see, mm. then what I'm left with is a life that I've I've tried for many years to hold on to, which is very proper and shiny on the outside. And at the end of the day, there's just not a whole lot to sing about. Mm. In those times, and we can, you know, I think, I think what we're what we're hearing now, what we're finding is that, you know, as we as more and more worship modern worship songs get written, uh, we're kind of just rehashing the same themes over and over again, mm. uh, which is fine, and there's nothing wrong with that, and I think there's a huge place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if we're ever going to get beyond uh, some of those same themes of, you know just rehashing how great God is and how even in troubled times he's going to rescue us. We've got to get to dark places in our lives and we've got to go through some growth in our own lives. And that's been a realization for me that I did not want to come to. I think I've fought pain, obviously, my entire life. And I had a really easy go of it when I was a kid and growing up. I had a great home and was very blessed. And so for the last, you know, five years or so, I've been struggling through a lot of stuff and Mm. working with a counselor and trying to to dig through some really deep spiritual and emotional issues in my life. And the more that I do that, the more there is depth in my relationship with others and my relationship with God. Um, It just, the well is a whole lot deeper to draw from. Yeah. When you just realize that the amount of stuff that you need, you really just, you need God to... To come in and rescue and try and fix. Yeah. So you know, it's. I was telling somebody the other day. It's like, well, if you want something to to write about, go hire a counselor and be honest for a couple hours. Like yeah. you'll you'll have plenty of stuff to write about. I sure. promise. You'll have plenty of stuff to write about. 
and it doesn't have to all be dark and gloomy. I mean, there's a there's a song on this record called Brighter Days that for me, it's a really positive song because it's it's a realization in a in a just a thanks to God saying that you've taught me that pain is not the enemy in my life. Like I'm the goal of life is not to avoid pain. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that teaches us how to change, it teaches us how to transform. And at the end of the day it's a good thing. As much as I try and run from it, it's a good thing. Yeah. And I, I think these songs, one thing that makes this stand out to me is it doesn't fit the cookie-cutter mold of, of songs that we're used to hearing. And uh, my my problem with, with a lot of uh, maybe worship music today that's coming out and, and maybe the top 40 CCM stuff is probably my same problem that I sometimes have with a lot of Christian films is it seems like we have these um you know fairly fairly simple problems with a fairly simple solution and then it's over and we all smile at the end and sure. and the idea of uh you know when you think about scripture it just scripture just doesn't pan out that way like when you think of <laughs> Isaiah 6 we always want to dwell on the part of you know Isaiah realizes he's a man of unclean lips and and we have the that beautiful holy 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 narrative um, but we always stop there uh, when when Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And we almost never go on to where God says, okay, well, I'm going to send you to preach to people that are never going to listen. They're never going to change. Right. You're going to go your whole life and never see any success in your ministry. <laughs> and, right, absolutely. And, and, you know, and that is like, that's the story because, you know, the beauty of that is God's will will be accomplished but it may not be right. always your way, and it, and it may right. be that you're the one to establish that root that's going to be there, that seed that's going to grow. Um, but you may not, you know, you, you may not be called to the, you know, fifty thousand person church or whatever. Absolutely. You may so yeah. I, I love that about this album though, and and uh, maybe maybe you could just tell us some of your favorite tracks on here. And again, that's the whole favorite child thing, but. Uh, these these songs are really good, and I just would love to hear your thoughts on some that have had some real meaning to you. That's cool. Well, um, it's a it is a hard thing to to try and figure out. I um, there's one song. Uh, I actually there's a song that I just mentioned called "Brighter Days" that for me is kind of just a recap of the last two or three years of my life. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of um, just going back and realizing that. There was a day and age in my life when things were a whole lot simpler, and it just seemed like a lot made sense. And I walked through a season where, like you said, life is just messy, and mm-hmm. grace is messy, and walking in spirit is really messy in life, if we're honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just kind of a celebration of the fact that God has carried me through that, and that He's kind of wrestled with me the entire way, and it's it's a good thing at the end of the day. Uh, so that's that's one that's definitely very, very dear to me. Um, there's a song uh, on there called Keep Holding On. Um, I wrote that song. It's actually the first song that I started writing for this record years ago. Um, and it was kind of just at this place where I felt like I was very far from God and didn't really have much connection at all. But I felt like he was pulling back the curtain and starting to open things up. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was it was an interesting start, and then I brought it to a guy named Don Chaffer, who was uh, part of Waterdeep. Yeah, Don is great. And yeah. yeah, man, he was incredible, and we just we had an amazing time sitting down working on this song, and 
um, when we finished it, we both kind of stopped and looked at it, and we're like, wow, like, that's a worship song that I can sing right now, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of a place. There's the bridge of the song bless, says, bless the Lord, O my soul, even from the deepest part. Bless the Lord, even from my cold heart. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a, it's a worship song that I hope is for people who don't feel like worshiping. It's a worship song that people can listen to and say, you know what, even if I don't feel like I'm there, I can sing this song and at least say to my soul, bless the Lord, in the middle of it. Um, and then Laura Story, who leads worship at a church close by here in Atlanta, graciously agreed to jump on and sing it with me as a duet. And yeah. she made it. She turned it from this dark, broody, moody song into something that's really beautiful, which I'm really grateful for her. And and one of the one of the downsides of, of you know me buying this album digitally, I didn't have the liner notes. And when I first heard it, I was like, I know, I know that voice. Who is that? Yeah. And I looked it up, and it was Laura Story. And and you guys, yeah. I, what a great, what an amazing talent she is. Anyway, but you guys do a great duet together on that song. So That's awesome. Really well, nice. she she's pretty amazing, and she jumped in and really transformed the song and made it into something that was definitely kind of just more beautiful and um, hopefully more accessible for people. Well, and, and, uh, and she too, you know, similar to some of your songs on here, you know, with that song Blessings that she had, which was really about maybe the blessings are not the way that we think they, you know, yeah, they should yeah. be. And I, I feel like this is very much in that pocket and that idea that sure. we start looking at blessings from God's point of view rather than just ours. So. Right. And I that I'm thankful for songs like that and for people like Laura because I think it's really opening us back up. You know, if you if you kind of trace the history, 10 years ago, people didn't make worship records, you know, like that just, no. it, wasn't a, it wasn't something we did. And now I feel like the pendulum has swung and everyone expects you to make worship records. You've right. got to make a, a record of all super singable church music, which is totally cool. And I think in many cases it makes a lot of sense, but sometimes it just doesn't just doesn't fit, and when I tried to squeeze into that mold, it, it did not work at all for me. So I'm thankful for people that are helping to pave the way and try and open open that up a little bit and redefine it. It's interesting you mentioned Don Chaffer because I I had the privilege maybe a year or so ago uh, to go to a house show nearby here in Ohio, oh, cool. and uh, I don't know if the person putting on the show just forgot to promote it or whatever but i showed up and it was me and about four other people that came and uh, oh wow so literally i i sat in this living room with five people and listened to don do about an hour of music and tell him those great stories and poetry that he writes and I, yeah I, I thought man this is uh this is probably a bummer for don but this is awesome for me <laughs> <laughs> that's cool we're actually that's that's one of the things i'm really excited about is we're um as we were kind of writing these songs and putting them together, we realized that we I wanted to try and convey this in a really personal way with people, so I'm starting to do house concerts awesome. uh, and do that more and more, and I'm loving it. It's a blast. It's it's crazy and it's different, but it's I don't know that there's a better way to connect one-on-one with people like that, even if there are five people in the room. It's yeah. still great. Well, after we end the recording, I'd actually like to talk to you about that because uh, yeah. I'm very interested in that. But we'll wait till we're we're finished with the questions here this morning. But, okay. Uh, 
I, I wanted to ask you quickly, and again, this is another thing because I didn't have liner notes. I wanted to kind of give credit where credit is due. Um, sure. Could you tell me about some of the other co-writers, who the producer was, maybe some of the musicians on yeah. this project? I just, I, it's it really is just so well done, and and really these albums, it, it's not just one person. There's so many people involved that make these to be what they are. And I'd love yeah. to, for you to just be able to talk about and give some credit today to some people who really um, have. I, I I think you've lifted each other up. It's just such a good album. That's awesome. Well, it's it was definitely a team effort for sure. Um, it was uh, Nathan Knuckles was the producer of the record, and um, he lives down the street, and it's just an amazing guy. And I. I was really floored to get the chance to work with him, first of all, because I've looked up to him and Christy for so long. and He was just really, really incredible, and he kept telling me the whole way through, you know, he said, you know, I can can make, you know, the typical Christian record, like, I can make that, we could do that in a couple weeks, we could knock it out. But he was teaching me through the process, like, if you want to do something different, if you want to do something new, something that sounds like you, it's going to be hard work, and it's going to take a lot of time. And he was really patient with me through the process and, you know, really taught me through the process how these things work and um it was it was pretty amazing to work with him. So he was he was a huge part of making this thing sound the way it does and feel the way it does and all come together. Um and then I mentioned Don and um that was a really that was a pretty awesome writing uh, time with him. Um there's not really a ton of other writers, there's uh, a couple of people just local here at our church um, that, that jumped in and wrote with me on the record. Um, but there's a lot of musicians that jumped in on this. And it's really, it's like a collection of probably 20 different people that combined to make it happen um, over the course of a year. So there was uh, one drummer, but about three bass players, and four or five electric guitarists, and uh, lots of different singers that jumped in on it that are all Thankfully, all these people are great friends uh, from around the Atlanta area, and even a couple of guys from Charlotte, uh, John Duke and Jacob Arnold, that actually helped produce my first record that I ever did. Hmm. And so to to be able to join back with them and have them play bass and drums on the record was really, really fun. It was kind of bringing some things full circle in my life. Now, did uh, did you do most of the acoustic guitar on this? Uh, I did some of it, and then I did, uh, and then Nathan did some of it as well. Uh, but I did some, you know, some of the parts that I had written were a little bit specific, and so I would do those. But I'm not a great acoustic guitar player, so I think I think what happened is I would record it on acoustic guitar, and then Nathan would just re-record everything and not tell me about it, which <laughs> I'm fine with that. I, I don't have any illusions of greatness on acoustic guitar. Well, I I I'd say don't be too hard on yourself. You're pretty good. Have not seen you play live. I know you you got some chops, man. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I can play the cowboy chords. So <laughs> I can make it through. Hey, those are you know if if that's all Johnny Cash needed, what do we need? You know exactly. Sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this has been great, and I I want to encourage all of the listeners to go to eddiekirklandwrites dot com because Eddie writes blogs there, and there's going to be uh, some stuff you can find about the new project. Uh, Kings and Queens is a great album. Uh, I, I downloaded it on, on Amazon this week, and uh, I've just listened to it over and over again since I've had it. 
and uh, it's it's a real joy uh, to get to talk to you about that today. Is is there anything else you'd like to share with listeners today that maybe we haven't covered that you'd like them to know? Oh gosh, um, I don't really know. I mean, there's a song uh, that I'd love to direct people to called Solution, and uh, that is a song that we're hopefully trying to get out at radio stations um, all over the place and. My hope is that it wouldn't just be a song that people would listen to, but it would encourage people to, just like we said, to think of this place as trying to bring the kingdom of God here and trying to transform our local communities here. So I, that's kind of a, a rallying cry for us, is that we want people not only to listen to the music, but to jump on board and become part of the solution in their church, in their neighborhood, wherever they are. That's, that's a, a big part of what we're doing and what we're about. Well, great. Well, Eddie, thank you for the work that you're doing for the kingdom and, and the work you're doing. Because I really feel like this is a, an album that not is just sonically nice to listen to, but I think it's a real benefit to the church. And I think it's very accessible to uh, probably universally to congregations, no matter what your style or even what the talent level is in there. So I, I appreciate you writing an album like this and just sharing with it. So good stuff. That's awesome. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this and uh i just i really appreciate it thanks oh. to everybody out there for listening to listening to me that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> no all, all thanks goes to you it's uh, we're all thrilled on this end so uh well thank you eddie kirkland for being one of the voices in my head today She dreamt of Ended up a broken home And with the kids piled in the backseat She left everything she'd known As the car rolled across the state line And the radio faded out She cried out loud to Jesus And he answered with a cry See the riches found in heaven Are crowned upon the meek All the children, thieves and beggars Stand above the kings and queens The mystery of the kingdom Is everything reversed The hands that hold the treasure Are the ones who live to serve Heaven's heroes are the last and least on earth Now his palms were wet and trembling As he stood to tell his name And the tale of sons and daughters He discarded on his way All the faces in that circle 
hope you enjoyed uh, the interview with Eddie Kirkland as much as I did, and I hope you enjoyed the couple songs you got to hear from Kings and Queens today. Please uh, go out and buy this album. Support Eddie. Uh, download it from Amazon, iTunes, wherever uh, music is sold. You guys know probably better than I do at this point. But please don't steal it. Uh, actually support the artists. It actually helps them to bring um, more music to us. I can speak as an artist myself. Uh, anything that you guys buy online, that always helps, and we are always so appreciative. Thank you again for those of you that came out to be a part of Basement Psalms last week. Yeah, I, I look forward to uh, presenting the DVD and the CD to you whenever it's uh, whenever it's finished with those who are in charge of production. Uh, and if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, it takes about 60 seconds maybe of your time, but it means so much, and it helps us to gain uh, a lot more listeners because the more visibility we have with higher ratings, the more iTunes is likely to put it out for people to see. Um, and uh, thank you so much for all your support. I appreciate you being a part of Voices in My Head every week. Uh, next week, Jeff Pinkleton is going to join me. And uh, in just a few weeks, I, I'm still working on the time exactly, but uh, my friend uh, and yours both, Brian Zahn, a great author who was on the show a while back with his book Unconditional. We talked about that. He's going to come on and we're going to discuss his new book, Beauty Will Save the World, which is kind of a sequel to Unconditional. And uh, so I'm excited about that. So thanks again for listening to Voices in My Head. It's an honor that you listen to me every week. And uh, the guests that I have, I, I just could not be more grateful to you guys for being on the show. Thanks again to Eddie Kirkland for being a part of today's show. And we'll see you next week for episode number 38 with my guest Jeff Pinkleton. Blessings. You've been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. 
You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.